Welcome to the sermons of First Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor James Hunick, and I hope that these sermons help edify you and help you in your Christian faith. Please join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays for worship. If you'd like to know more about us or want to know more about the Lutheran tradition, please visit us at www.youhaveaplace.com or reach out to me at pastorhunick at youhaveaplace.com. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are taking a break from the normal lectionary readings that we do during the church year to pause on a sermon series. Uh, today is the first one of three Sundays where we are going to look at the, the theme of raising children in the faith. This is something that our youth ministry worker and I, Kathleen, have been talking about for a while, and so we're going to take an examination of this, both to help parents who are doing that, as well as our congregation think about what it means as we begin our strategic planning process. Over the course of this sermon series, I'm going to do three sermons. The first one is today. It's about parents and the role of parents in raising their children in the faith. Next Sunday, we'll be talking about the importance of having children in worship. And the final one is how the partnership of parents and the church can work together to grow an active and living faith in children as they practice that faith out in the world. Now, before we get to this, we have to ask the question, what is the purpose of raising children in the faith? That might seem like a silly question, right? But before you can say, this is how we do it, you have to say, what's the goal? Is the goal to grow a big ministry? Is the goal to have lots of fun? Or is the goal to have a child grow up, live, and die in the faith? We have to remember that for the Christian church, the project of a child in the congregation begins with baptism and doesn't end for hopefully 90, 95, maybe 120 years, right? And that for men like me, when I come and greet an infant and welcome them into the church of God, the project that has been begun that day I will not see its end. The hope is that I die long before they do, and we will have to hand this on to someone else. And so what we want is a child who grows fully committed to Jesus Christ and the sacraments of the church through their whole life. We asked this question when we welcomed in new members. The same question we ask whenever we have a confirmation ceremony. It is this. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? And they say, I do so intend with the help of God. And this is our goal, that they can be constant in the word and sacrament where Jesus Christ comes to them, strengthens their faith, delivers salvation, and confirms them in that faith 
all the way up until their end, so that when he returns, they will rise on the last day. And with that goal in mind, we think not just about what we're doing now, but what that will lead to as they grow, the habits and things that they need so that they can remain faithful their entire lives. This begins with parents. The biblical role of passing on their faith begins with the life of a parent. Because a pastor cannot barge into your house, knock down the door, and throw water at them to get them baptized, as much as I would like to. Parents bring them to church, establish their worship attendance, build the the foundation and the patterns of habits that begin at home. This is why Deuteronomy chapter 6 gives that instruction to parents, where it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. But I think it's even more beautiful when we look at the example of what Jesus' parents did for him, Mary and Joseph, as they raised him in faith. We get this beautiful example of a child, 12 years old, who goes to the temple, and he knows so much about God's words that the teachers there are amazed. Now, I do have to admit, they had a bit of an advantage. Their son was the son of God. But at the same time, the only way he could know those things is if Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to their local synagogue, talked about God's word at home, taught him how to read, something that not everybody learned in those days. This joyful gift that Jesus' parents brought to the Son of God is the same joyful gift that we ask parents to do with their own children. Speak the word of God, and by that power of the word of God, deliver faith and establish the habits that lead to faithful adult Christians. That's the job of parents. And if you're here, I probably don't have to convince you that that's your job. Most people are here like, yes, I would love to have my children in the faith. Yes, I would love our children's ministry to establish these patterns and help parents be equipped for this work. Because we know the joy that Christ gives us. He gives us eternal life by his death and resurrection. He promises that I, who begin this project with you parents, will see them on the last day when they are raised from the dead. We'll be face to face with Christ as he returns. So what do we need to do? How does this work? A faith-centered household has two elements. First is that there is a pattern of life in the parent that shows how important the Christian faith is. And second, there is a living interaction with the Word of God in the home. Both of these things are important. Because the Christian faith is not just doctrines and insights. It is also something that is caught by the example of the parents. I 
myself have to give thanks to God because of my own father and my mother. I couldn't ask for better parents. I am the man I am today because of their example in the faith. I cannot be more thankful than I possibly am now for what they have done for me. And I think their example is where I learn what most of what I know about this. You see, my parents were the ones who raised me in the faith. And they had an example of devotion of their own, that their faith was a living faith in my household. One of the ways that I could see this was in our living room. My parents were both avid readers, and we had two recliner chairs for them. And, you know, they'd, they'd had the chairs. There was the table with the books and the magazines. And there was always a pile, things that they wanted to read. But no matter how many books changed or how many magazines shifted around, there was always one book that never left. It was the Bible. And I would see them on a regular basis, sitting quietly, reading their Bible on their own. You have no idea how important that is for a child just to see that they do what they tell you to do, simply to watch the parent live a living faith. You have no idea, because I remember it to this day, seeing my parents doing this on a regular basis. My parents also set a pattern for us of daily prayer habits. It was important for us to do this. They took time out of their day to make sure we would always come together as a family and pray. Happened before meals. We ate breakfast and dinner together every single day, and we would always pray our prayer, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. You know that one, right? It was important. We never missed it. The same thing happened in the evening, right before bed. The whole family gathered together. When, when we were really young, my brother and I were in bunk beds, so that was easy. And we did our evening prayer. And they showed by this that no matter what we did, no matter where we were, whether we were out eating or at home, this life of faith was important. That we could pause everything that we were doing and we would pray together. We also did things like during the season of Advent. My parents placed one of those Advent wreaths with the four candles in the middle of our dinner table. And every single night before dinner, we would say our prayers, and then we'd light the appropriate number of candles. And it was a big deal. Which brother got to light the candles? You have no idea how many fights there were. No, I get to light the candles. But it was a big deal in our family, especially on Sunday nights when we lit the next candle and we could be ready one more week before Easter or Christmas, sorry. <laughs> These are the things that I remember, but I know there's much more. I, my memory only goes back to when I was, you know, not too small, but, you know, like that. If you're interested in figuring out ways that you can establish these in your home, we have a staff member, Kathleen, who has all sorts of resources we can talk about. 
to be able to establish these habits and bring the word of God and prayer into your life. You can talk to me as well. One of the other things that my parents taught me was devotion to hearing God's word, as they would discuss it with me as well. They were always willing to talk about the faith, talk about Jesus Christ, and mention how much they trusted in his mercy and his grace in their own lives. As an example of this, they also were involved in the church. My, my home church where I grew up, I think my father was the president of the congregation more years than he was not. You know, people like that. And they made an emphasis of showing how important it is to be involved. Now, I don't say these things to, to say, to shame anyone or to make you feel guilty, but simply as an example of the amazing grace that God gave me by giving me parents who did this so I could be the man I am today. I can't be thankful enough for what they did. What they did is they exposed me to how much they trusted in God and just showed by their words and actions that this faith that they lived in was real and true. The most important thing they did for me was bring me to church. Now, my mother was an organist very often, which meant that my dad was a single parent during the worship service with two boys who ran every time you set them down. Very frequently, they would tell me of stories of going to stores. They would set us down, and we would go opposite directions. And yet, we never missed a Sunday. As I grew older, I joined all the sports. I was in every sport you could think of. And in a small town, a guy as short as me, I could play basketball. Wouldn't happen anywhere else. We were in basketball leagues that had tournaments every single Sunday. And no matter what, my teams always knew if we played on Sunday morning, Jim and David wouldn't be there. Didn't matter. I can count on two fingers <laughs> the number of times we missed for a sport. What it meant was that my family made sure I heard the word of God, that I heard a sermon, that I could receive Holy Communion when I was old enough, and that this was more important than basketball tournaments, than letting down my friends, than teams, than anything else. This was the center of our lives. And it's what made me who I am. They were up front with my coaches. As soon as I joined, they knew. Not available Sunday morning. And it turned out okay. This is how important it is for us to be faithful as parents, to show them exactly what it means to be faithful to God. As it says in the Bible, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Now, after all of this talk about what parents can do, examples from my family, I think it is always wise to remember what the, the, the role of the Holy Spirit in this. Parents, no matter how hard you try, you cannot plant faith in a child's heart. 
You cannot punch your hands in there and drop the word of God. It just doesn't work. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Which means that just like everyone else, you can't control it. You do your best. You do everything you can and trust the Spirit to do the rest. And so this isn't a step-by-step guaranteed way to make your children faithful. It is simply best practices to give them as much encounter with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God through the means of grace as you can. And show them by your life and faith that this is the way to live. The rest is up to God. And we know so much so that even men like Samuel, the prophet Samuel, when his children became judges over the land of Israel, they did not follow through. It happened. And yet, God gives us the task nonetheless to pass this faith on using the habits and practices of the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermons. If you have any questions about anything that you've heard or anything about the Lutheran tradition, I would love to answer them. Please contact me at pastor, H-U-E-N-I-N-K, at youhaveaplace.com.